about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, saying a little sunshine song. I was doing a little dance move in here. I don't know if you glanced up and saw me doing that or not. And then I realized that I'm doing those kind of moves that Donald Trump did when he tried to be a tried to be a hip dancer or something. I got to stop that. I don't I don't want to look like Trump. Was it uh, Roger Miller that inspired you, Howard? Uh, Walking in Sunshine. I lo- listen, I love this song. I, I, I love Roger Miller. You know, I've talked about it before. I love almost everything he's done. Uh, this song is just—it's so peppy. It's so upbeat. I love the philosophy behind it. We're just walking in sunshine. Think about the good times, Howard. Think about the good times. I mean, the good times. Listen, because I want goodness for everybody. <laughs> Just like our fine governor, I want goodness for everybody. Maybe next time the, uh, the the governor of the great state of West Virginia will cut another promo for us, Howard. We, <laughs> we can combine him with the good old Roger Miller, maybe. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, goodness, goodness. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe Baby Howard, Dog. I love what you do. You bring goodness to the state, rocking <laughs> on sunshine. Maybe we can get Baby Dog to get us a little, little <laughs> bark at that. At the end. Do we ever hear Baby Dog? Does he ever bark? It's a dumb question, but I don't know. I don't know that I've ever heard Baby Dog bark. He just sits there and looks like, why am I here? The last time that I had uh, the the good fortune of looking and watching Baby Dog was a couple weeks ago when it was about 100 degrees down there at the Italian Festival. And I think they wheeled his, his... the, the t- tongue was dragging the pavement. <laughs> well, that was a hot day. Oh, it was I really mean. hot. And they were down, uh, you know, down at the theater, uh, down at the Hampton Theater. Right. Down, and I didn't see either one of them after that. So I think what, whatever they, they had to do down there with the ribbon cutting, they took off because I didn't see Baby Dog or the governor after that. You know, uh, I, I mentioned right before the opening of the Italian Festival that Friday afternoon, the governor's office called me and said, hey, the governor's going to be in town. You know, you want to come down and, you know, work something out with him. And I, I said, no, I, I can't do it. But I said, our, our team will be broadcasting. So, listen, you can come over and broadcast. And then I, and I just let it sit. I got thinking about it. Yeah, He's not going from down at the port, down at the stage. No way. Governor's not coming up to the corner of 12th Street to join <laughs> maybe the, the Pine Room buys or, or yeah. It, it, and I'm, this is not meant to be a criticism. The last at that event, it looked like Baby Dog was almost in a wheelchair. I mean, it was <laughs> they carted the dog out on something. Maybe the pavement was just too hot. But uh. you know, think about that. There is some. Listen, we all love Baby Dog, and it. it and I, I cannot criticize the governor for it's a it's a great marketing gimmick. All right, and I think he truly loves little doggy. All right, I really do, and everybody loves him too. But you got to think about that. His staffers have got to be carrying that big dog around all the time. Well, you know, Howard, they've been using uh, dogs in, in TV shows and movies for a long time. But there's a time that you have to retire them because that is actual work for them. They like to just, just sit around and eat and not do much. You know, you have to take in a little consideration on, is this wearing the dog out a little bit? <laughs> well, that dog doesn't move a lot. Just kind just of sits there and lag, lolls its tongue out, you know. Oh, there I am. There I am. Whose job do you think it was to go up and get some sausage for the dog and the governor, Howard? <laughs> And none of this, none of this is meant to be a criticism. It's just, it's just a reality of, of the life of Governor Justice and Baby Dog. Um, and it had to have been sweltering hot down there when they were sitting there. It was. I mean, geez, it was really geez, hot. It was about 100. It was one of those super, super hot days. 
Um, 9.13 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 66 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 67 at the Highlands. 66 in my backyard. What do you got here, Bob? Let me take a look, Howard. Take it on. is uh, 66. 66 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Going to be a great day today. Uh, sunny, a daytime high of 83 today. We're looking for a nice, not a nice, we're looking for a Verstunk day tomorrow. Warm and wet and maybe some storms tomorrow. Sunday will be sunny again, high in the low 80s. Monday will be stormy again. It's been that way all week. Uh, Adam predicted it at the beginning of the week, and he's been right every other day. Good day, bad day, good day, bad day. Today is the good day, sunny and a high of 83 degrees. The uh, issue number one in Ohio went down to defeat and a resounding defeat earlier this week. We had talked a lot about issue one, the uh, the effort to change the threshold for passing a constitutional amendment. We spent a lot of time talking about that ahead of time. Uh, it has gone down to defeat. The next issue coming up will be the abortion amendment. But I wonder if there's a broader issue, or some broader lessons we can learn from the defeat of issue one. And I asked David DeWitt from the Ohio Capital Journal to join us, and he's coming up next. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Friday edition of the program, we'll get you ready for a busy sports weekend and set the scene for the Reds Pirates Series in Pittsburgh. Pat Strader will be here for Beer Friday at 433, and we'll be talking about the Mountaineers at 5 with Brad Howe. Plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out, and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com and on this Metro News station. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is, fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for Would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Kick off your shoes and sit right down. 
Loosen up that pretty French gown Let me pour you a good long drink Ooh, baby, don't you hesitate Seventy-seven, the year that uh, I was married. What, what this really makes me think of, though, Bob, is, you know, Nancy and I are pushing up on fifty years. It's hard for me to think that Rod Stewart was in his prime back then. I mean, so he's pushing up on fifty years of performance as well. Gee, many Christmas. And when I say Nancy and I are pushing up on fifty years of marriage, I shouldn't say that it's fifty years of performance. If you understand what I'm saying, it's just. <laughs> 50, 50 years of marriage. I told my wife the other day, so this is what, 40, 46 years? I, I told her, I said, if we make it four more years, and not that we will we will split, I, I don't know if either one of us will be around. You know, I said, if we make it four more years, I'd like to do a 50th uh, reaffirmation of our vows, have a you know other, other ceremony, that kind of thing. You know what? It surprised me. She didn't seem to be all in favor of that. Said we talk about it. Yeah, she said, well, let's see about it. Let's see where we are in four years. Uh, holy mackerel. 918 here on the uh, Watchdog Morning. A lot of texts coming in on the Frio Stack auction service text line. Lots of them. Uh, many of them are about baby dog. I'll get to those coming up later on. Right now, I want to talk about Ohio issue one. Uh, it went down to defeat, resounding defeat across the state. Uh, almost 60%, if I remember correctly. I had the numbers in front of me once before, but it was a big, big defeat for issue number one. Uh, I say that is a win for democracy. But uh, what happens next? Where do we go from here? And what are the lessons we learned? David DeWitt, who is the editor-in-chief of the Ohio Capital Journal, has been with us numerous times, and he uh, editorialized on this issue frequently. David, good morning. Welcome to the show. You had been pretty pleased at the results of this issue one, I guess. Good morning, Howard. Thanks for having me on. And yes, I'm proud of Ohioans. Ohioans stood up for their power. They stood up for democracy. They refused to be suckered by lobbyists and politicians who are trying to steal away 111 years of voter power, and they maintain majority control over our Constitution. So Ohioans should be very proud, and I'm very proud of them. You know, as a guy who looks at the political side of things or looks at the numbers and so on, the reality is it was a quarter of the state's geography that actually carried the day. The rest of the state voted in, voted in favor of it. Yeah, that's true. What you saw, but you saw some really interesting things as well. You saw uh, the Mahoning Valley that that voted resoundingly for Trump, uh, also resoundingly rejecting this. You saw the same thing along a lot of the. Lake Erie counties on the northern shore there. And then you, what you saw, I mean, you saw places like Delaware County, which hasn't voted for a Democratic presidential candidate since Woodrow Wilson. They voted against this. You saw places like Butler County was nearly 50-50. You saw Clark County, the no side won with one vote in western Ohio. So you saw a lot of places that were pretty traditionally Republican voting against this as well. And that just shows that there were a lot of Republicans who were against this. Not obviously all Republicans, but there was definitely a bi-tripartisan, uh, including the third party's, opposition to this. And I think that's what you see when people see through what is an obvious power grab. They were trying to take away power from the people. And whether you're Republican, Democrat, or third party, people don't like to have their power taken away from them. They don't like to be 
misled and tried to try to be suckered into giving away rights and power that we've had for over a hundred years. And I think people saw through it and they said, no, uh, regardless of party, uh, we are going to hold on to this power that we've had for over a hundred years. We're going to maintain majority control over our Ohio constitution. So I think in that regard, it really extended beyond any partisanship. It was mostly about people standing up for democracy and their own power and their own rights. The, there was a really significant turnout for an election of this type in this time period. You know, it's a special election right in the middle of, of the summer. Uh, in fact, the legislature had tried to prevent these kind of things from happening until they wanted it to happen, uh, because usually it's very low turnout and they're not really good elections. Uh, but this this one surprised folks. It was a pretty, for this kind of election, pretty big turnout. Oh, very robust. I mean, I knew it would be above the 7.9% last August elections was, but I didn't know it would get all the way to 38 point something, almost 40% of turnout. Uh, that shows how important this was. People recognized it for the historic election that it was, and they responded accordingly. And I think it goes to, I think the Ohio Press Corps did a good job showing what was at stake here and that this was a historic decision by Ohioans over our Constitution. And I think it energized people. I think, obviously, the November abortion rights amendment energized a lot of people as well but uh, and i think you see a lot of the national media really focusing on that um but i think it was about more than just a proxy for that for ohio i think it really was fundamental about voter power and about um voters maintaining a check on what has been a very corrupt and out of control state government I, I was very careful in most of our conversations on this show about issue one. I, I was I was encouraging people to vote no, but I really didn't get too much into the abortion issue and that it was coming down. And that's part of the reason this was done, because I didn't feel it was I didn't want to see this issue one vote focused purely on the next vote, which will be about abortion. I mean, I think there was a much broader issue at. I guess I'm using double language here, a much broader issue at issue uh, here than just um, than just the abortion issue. So I think, uh, and there was a lot of concern that the public would be confused by this whole thing. It was a really simple issue, but it just, I think a lot of folks felt that maybe the public would be confused, but I think somehow they got a good grasp of it. Yeah, I agree. Well, you saw... You saw people using their positions of power to try to manipulate the public, saying this would elevate the Constitution. You know, in the actual ballot language, it said elevate. And our Secretary of State, who was one of the main cheerleaders for this effort, uh, is the one who wrote that language. So you saw them try to confuse people by using misleading language like that. But I think I think the voters are smart enough to see through that. I think it's condescending of people to try to manipulate voters in that way. I think voters are smarter than that. I think that, especially when it comes to their own power, you know, um, let's elevate your the Constitution by taking away your power. It doesn't it really work for people, you know. It, so. it, 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 was, it was an amazing argument that was made. I mean, this was a, an issue that, had it passed, would have 
taken away the power of the people. It would have it was an attack on democracy. To me, democracy is majority rules, and it would have turned things around. Uh, I guess the general public had a better understanding of that than the supporters of the bill thought they would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, our our system is set up so that you know what what protects the majority from the tyranny of the minority. It's pretty simple. James Madison majority rule. What protects minorities from the tyranny of the majority? Our entire system of checks and balances, different levels of government, legislative, judicial, executive, the checks between those things. That's what's meant to protect the minority. But when you try to give the minority uh, power over the majority and you ask a majority to approve that, I mean, it's just kind of silly in a way, like a majority of people protected majority power. I'm surprised that they thought that they could dupe people into giving that away. It's a very condescending thought of them to have had. The, um, as I said, this was kind of a precursor to the abortion uh, vote, which will be coming up. Let's talk about that. Do you feel this gives um, stronger support for probably passage of the abortion issue? The abortion amendment. I think, I think that it gives the coalition who came out against this very good data on at least forty percent of the electorate and how they might be able to target that forty percent around the abortion amendment. I think the abortion amendment is going to be a little bit different, but you you do see that fifty-eight, fifty-nine percent of Ohioans support abortion rights, but I think. I think, like we've talked about, while some people tried to make this all about abortion, and in a way it was, it wasn't about abortion as much as it was about people's right to have their say about abortion and every other issue. So I, I know that we see a lot of national people who have helicoptered in and they, they're de- declaring all sorts of things about what happens next, and it's all about abortion, and I'm not sure... I would be hesitant to make very hard conclusions about that. I think that the abortion rights amendment vote is going to be uh, very bitterly fought. And I think that it's going to swing on different things because it's not just about, you know, voter power itself. It's about a very sensitive issue that people have very passionate feelings about. Um, So I think it'll play out a little bit differently in that regard. But I do think that the uh, political types will use the data from this election to try to figure out the strategy on the November vote. And it was kind of probably helpful for them in that regard. I, I think your point is extremely well made. There, I, I think it is a, a, a bad thinking to draw a direct correlation between this vote and what to expect in the abortion amendment vote. Um, I I don't I I don't think you're going to see everybody who voted against issue one suddenly saying they're going to vote for the uh, abortion amendment. I I don't think that's a a correlation that we definitely can draw. The abortion issue is going to have to stand alone and and uh, fight on its own. And uh, frankly, I suspect it will be a much closer vote when that uh, time comes. Just my uneducated guess about that, I guess. Uh, you know what I had to chuckle at though, uh, David. You will appreciate this more than anybody that supporters of issue one claim the damn thing failed because they didn't have enough time to get their point out there. 
<laughs> right. Well, they picked the timeline. They picked the election date. It was all their decision. They brought this to voters. So if that's what they really feel, then they can look in the mirror and blame themselves. It really is an example of how so many of the Republican leadership um, believe that the public is just dupes, that they won't pay attention. That, that they'll just go along, that they'll, they'll, they, being the folks who supported issue one, for example, they'll just tell you what it's about, even if it's not true, and they'll get you to vote. And they expected the public to go along. And I think they were stunned to discover that there was a huge uh, backlash against what they were doing, and clearly the vote showed that. Yeah, I think it's so condescending. It's just dripping with condescension to say that, oh, it's just because of money and manipulation and you were confused and you were fooled. I don't think voters were fooled at all. I think that they're frustrated that they couldn't fool voters. I think they're not giving voters enough credit for their our own intelligence about our own power and rights. And it's just a really ugly look. It's very condescending of them. David, in your opinion, is this a turning point, um, not just for the abortion amendment? Again, I think that's going to have to stand or fail on its own, although I think this paves the way for it to be a much more well-debated uh, amendment. But in general, in Ohio, we have been going down a very bad path, I think, with the uh, leadership of our legislature and so on. Uh, d does this represent maybe an awakening of the public? And I'm not sure that it does, so I'm asking you your opinion. I think that in order for that to be the case, the coalition that uh, came out against this uh, very effectively would need to remain intact. And they th I think that they would need to continue to show voters, you know, that the corrupt misrepresentative government is not what the majority of Ohioans want. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into that type of organizing. It's one of the hardest things in politics to build a coalition and keep the coalition together. So there's a ton of work to be done, and that remains to be seen. I wouldn't draw too big of conclusions, but I do think that it starts to create some real cracks in, in Ohio Republican credibility when they make this type of direct democracy attack on voters amidst the culture of such corruption and arrogance and gerrymandering. And there are probably some vulnerabilities there that that could be uh, with with a well-organized coalition, if it continues, that could be taken advantage of. But I wouldn't expect anything incredibly significant to change in the next couple of years. I think it would be more of a a slow change over a longer period of time. David, you invested a lot of your personal time and effort in writing into uh, explaining why you thought it was a bad idea. This was a very big issue for you. That's one of the reasons I've had you on so, so many times talking about it, because you have great passion about this. You, you took a vacation the week before the election. Do you feel like, you know, you need another one now just to decompress? <laughs> um, yeah, that vacation was timed before <laughs> before they set this election date, so I was a little anxious that whole time. But no, I mean, I I feel I'm like I said, I'm very proud of Ohioans. This was passionate for me because it was about democracy, and that is something that I am very passionate about. I believe in our representative republic. I believe in in protecting it from those who would do it harm. And I'm proud of Ohioans for sticking up for that. And, uh, you know, we've got more gerrymandering fights coming up here. And that is also about the power of the people in direct democracy. 
And so that's what I'm focused on next. Well, I'm sure that we'll feel a lot of your passion as we read uh, your uh, your editorials and, and the commentaries in the Ohio Capital Journal, which I recommend everybody do. It's one of my early morning reads when I uh, first get up is take a look at it. Uh, uh, focuses on the key issues in Ohio and, um, and David's uh, commentary and much other commentary on the Ohio Capital Journal as well really is thoughtful and gives you a chance to to look at inside some of these issues. So, David, I appreciate your time this morning. I'm sure we'll be talking again in the near future about I don't know what, but there will be something coming up we'll be getting into. Thanks for joining me today, though. Thanks for having me, Howard. Always nice to talk to you. All right. Thanks a lot. David DeWitt is the editor-in-chief of the Ohio Capital Journal, an online newspaper. It is a really good one. I mean that sincerely. It's a great way to – they focus, just as the Mountain State a spotlight in West Virginia does, it's, it's public journalism, if you will. Um, they focus on the key issues. You won't find a lot of fluffy stories, say a little bit, but you won't find a lot of fluffy stories. It's all uh, political and legislative, and, and they dig deep, uh, and they go behind the scenes. And then the commentary, David is, man, that guy's passionate. Have you ever read some of his comment? I, I said this, I think, a couple of days ago. I mean, he, he's like a man with a dagger. When he, when he writes his commentaries, his editorials, it's daggers to the heart of some of these people, for sure. I appreciate him joining us uh, when he does, and I know we'll have him back. 934, 26 of the hour. Got a few texts I want to share. Uh, see what else is on our mind before we wrap things up with Bob Westfall and head off into the weekend. It's the Watchdog Morning Show for a Friday. Good Friday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this August the 11th. A Fallensby man is facing criminal charges for allegedly threatening the jury for the Pittsburgh Tree of Life shooting trial. Authorities say 45-year-old Hardy Carol Lloyd was taken into custody early yesterday. According to the criminal complaint, Lloyd began commenting online about the federal hate crimes trial of the Tree of Life synagogue mass shooter. He allegedly made threatening social media posts and emails towards the jury and witnesses during the trial. Lloyd is charged with obstruction of the due administration of justice, transmitting threats in interstate and foreign commerce, and witness tampering. And looking across the nation now, at least 55 people are dead and dozens are hurt as wildfires continue to rage across parts of Hawaii. Strong winds from Hurricane Dora are fanning three separate wildfires on the island of Maui. Hundreds of people have been evacuated, amongst them a Northeast Ohio native who moved to Hawaii several years ago to start a wedding planning business is among them. Brittany Thorne was evacuated from her home in the upcountry section of Maui Tuesday night. She says the wildfires got worse due to 80 mile per hour winds. Among the issues, cell phone towers down and there's no power. The National Guard has been activated and the Coast Guard has rescued more than a dozen people who jumped in the ocean to escape the fast moving flames. Thorne hopes that Hurricane Dora finally leaves the area and then crews will be able to get a better handle on the fires. And back here at home, back to school isn't just a day on the calendar in Brook County. It's a bash. Staff put together a celebration at the high school that was more than a meet and greet with teachers. Students were treated to a petting zoo, balloon animals, rock climbing walls, and free pizza. Free supplies were also handed out, donated by those who helped out with the county's Stuff a Bus event last month. And that's all before they set off fireworks at 8.30. Firemen were there to raise the truck ladders and let the younger ones try on their equipment as well. The 2023 Bruin sports team also made their community debut. That was a look at your headlines. Have a fantastic Friday and a wonderful weekend, everyone. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, 
over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. How you feeling? Are you still the same? Don't you realize the things we did, we did? We're out for real, not a dream. from 1977, the year I was married. Well, my wife was married, too, come to think of it, the same year. Oh, yeah, right, to each of us. Well, you know what I thought at the time, Bob? I thought, man, the bicentennial had been a pretty busy year. It's over and done with. i got to do something this year. What should I do? So I figured we might as well get married. No, oh, honey, better be careful, not, Howard. That's not, that's, not, that's not the reason. That's not the reason. Uh, good morning, a busy morning this morning. I thank you all for being part of the program. If you've listened to us the whole way along, fine. If you have listened to us a small part of the way, that's fine. We have talked about pea water beer. Yes, beer made from pea water, and they're actually making that now. Uh, we talked with Hoppy Kirchhoff about uh, Joe Manchin. Will he run as an independent? He told Hoppy that yesterday, and every single national news outlet in the country immediately jumped on Kirchival's comments, or Manchin's comments on Kirchival's show, and helped, once again, elevate Hoppy Kirchival's Google searches. Um, uh, a lot of passion over the homelessness. Bob and I had some more discussion about that, and that's an issue that's by no means over and done with. We'll talk more about that probably even next week. What else did we do? We had uh, look at the Lebanese festival. I'm thinking about Kibbe. Normally, I would say, geez, maybe I can get my wife to make some kibbe before this weekend, but no, but I'll just, I'll just get, I can get there early, though, because last time we went up, they didn't have it by the time I got there. I uh, was uh, busy here, Howard, but did you mention we had the uh, the king of West Virginia uh, talk radio, uh, Hoppy Kirchival. Hoppy Kirchival, right the in dean early. of Ohio, dean of Mountain State, he always gets upset when I say that. And I tell, you know, and I don't, I believe Hoppy is a humble man. When I say this, I mean this, and Hoppy goes, oh, no, no, no. Hoppy may very well be the single most influential person in the state of West Virginia. Would you not concur, concur with me on that? He's right there. Uh, I, I, I think I would say through maybe the, the – and I listen a lot. The last two years, we, we've heard a little edgier side of Hoppy. Hoppy used to be a guy that I bet his approval rating – was ninety uh, percent, a little bit higher, probably right, mm -hmm. right around that. Because again, he was just a very likable guy. He was very careful about how opinionated he he, he got. But wouldn't you agree, Howard? The last maybe two or three years, he a little little edgier side. No question. 
And uh, that popularity has probably dropped. But again, people listen to him. And it's just a matter of fact, you got Republicans and Democrats now. That's Our state has become, I think, even more political than it was five years ago. Uh, there's no question. And you're right about Hoppy. Um, Hoppy, listen, it's primarily on the issue of Donald Trump, which then has irritated a lot of the Trumpies that he listed. You know. uh, he has a strong passion about Donald Trump and Donald Trump being a criminal, a con man, a grifter. Uh, assaulted democracy. I mean, he says all of those things, um, and he won't. Bro- he doesn't brook the conspiracy. Fo- you know, Hoppy's always been the kind of guy that would kind of, yeah, okay, you want to, you know, ramble on about something. I don't want to agree with you, but I'm gonna. But on on that thing, he's just he's really put his fist down. About a year ago, I was producing uh, the the legislative watchdog show on a Wednesday, and they were kicking it around. They said, "Is is there a name out there? Is there a personality out there? Someone that could come to the front?" And, and, and just take charge, maybe become the front runner. And I said, yes, there is a name out there. And they looked at me and I said, the name's Hoppy Kerchival. I don't know if he'd want to get into that, but you talk about somebody that could ride that popularity. And like you said, Howard, he is the voice. I think if he wanted to get into politics, I think he'd have a hell of a shot. Well, I think he would have a hell of a shot. I also think, though, that um, and particularly because he, he's been a lot more vocal about some political issues the last couple of years, uh, I think Hoppy's strength and his influence has come from the fact that everybody, look, over the years, I could list a dozen things that happened in this state that happened directly because Hoppy Kirchival talked about him. Hoppy brings an issue up, and the next thing you know, legislators bring it up and put it before the, the, their voters as a bill. Uh, when Hoppy decided Mike Garrison was not the president of WVU that he wanted, Hoppy went on a crusade, if you remember correctly. And what happened to Mike Garrison? Lost a job. I mean, and, I, and I would agree with you. And I would say this, the, the, the last huge controversy, Bob Huggins, I would say yeah, this. Yeah. The folks that were on the fence after listening to Hoppy, they said, you know what? I think Hoppy's right. And so Hoppy's got, I mean, he, but I, I think, I truly believe he is perhaps the single most influential person in the state. He can't, he doesn't make things happen, but he he gets the people who make things happen to make things happen. Does that make sense? You know, again, you, you listen to the, I think about the number of times that Hoppy's brought some issue forward that's just sitting out there on the back burner or even off the stove. And Hoppy starts talking about it. And pretty soon, the next thing you know, there's the Speaker of the House or there's the Governor. Well, Hoppy, I think that's something we've got to talk about. Next thing you know, it becomes, you know, law. And, and Hoppy has tremendous talent, and he has a tremendous tool, Howard. We, I mean, we, we have it pretty good here on the Watchdog Network. We have four frequencies, and we can stream. He's got a pretty good audience out there statewide. Yes. And I will say this, too. He's um, Another thing that's happened in the last couple of years, and I know this because Hoppy and I personally talk about this a lot just as i have been thinking about when's the retirement coming hoppy has been thinking a lot about that and i think just as i have said i'm having too much fun to quit right now hoppy's doing the same thing but i think hoppy also a couple of years ago and you mentioned this has been about two years a couple of years ago hoppy kind of decided what have I got to lose? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm I'm ready to call it quits anyways. And and he was, and I think he's even talked about it on the air. There was a period of time where he was literally preparing to retire, and as as I have done. And then and he and I talked about it together. And then um and then he kind of thought, you know, no, he got re- he got energized again. But I think that he hasn't said this to me. But I think in that re-energizing mode, it was also the 
what if I got to lose mode? You know, okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to do some things that I want to do, and I'm not going to be quite as concerned about you know what people think. And don't forget, uh, 10 o'clock from 10 to 12 today, Hoppy Kirchival and my favorite part of the week at 11:30, Howard. <laughs> Steam release where you may call in and vent anything you want to, including about the host of the show. Sometimes about Howard Monroe. Every even. once in a while I get mentioned too. Coming up today at 10.06, Gary Abernathy used to be the chair of the uh, executive of the Republican Party in West Virginia. Uh, he is uh, now a contributing columnist for the Washington Post. He'll be talking about the Joe Manchin story. West Virginia's Tourism Secretary Chelsea Ruby will be in as Governor Justice today signs into law that creating the Somersville Lake State Park. I love Somersville Lake. I, I've been there many times. I, it's a wonderful place. I get a little bit concerned about some things which maybe we'll learn more about coming up later today. Uh, so those are a couple of, and then, of course, at, at, at 11.30, it is steam release. 14 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. Featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery. Improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services. And equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit 
building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. Sunshine, swimming pools, green grass, and great conversation. It's summertime, and this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. On a morning from a boat got moving In a country where they turn by time Strolling through the crowd like Pete Delora contemplating a crime. She comes out of the sun in a silk dress, running like a watercolor in the rain. Don't bother asking for an explanation, she'll just tell you that she came in the year of the cat. 9.50, to the hour here, Watchdog Morning Show. We have not uh, done any national political stuff today, and I really don't want to, except there is one story I just want to put out there because I, this, is, this is dangerous stuff. Uh, Donald Trump's attorney says that there is no way under any conditions at all that Donald Trump would ever accept a plea deal in his indictments. And what that means is, you know, I, I always hope that eventually Trump would realize that he's got too much going against him all of these various indictments that at some point in one of these he's going to lose he's going to be able to he's going to end up in an orange jumpsuit which i really don't want to see and i've always hoped that the ultimate solution would be that at some point trump will go you know what don't put me in jail i will plead to something and i'll agree not to run any more and and get step off the stage but trump's attorney said yesterday there is no way donald trump says there is no way under any circumstance you'd accept a plea deal uh, before I go to Bob Westfall, a couple of uh, texts here off the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Tell Bob I am pulling for the Pirates today because that will help the Cubs. We have a Cubs fan who texts in all the time. Yeah, the uh, Pirates host the Cincinnati Reds. So, okay, pal, I'm with you. Let's, uh, let's go for the Pirates to beat the Reds and the Cubbies can uh, maybe move in the first place. Uh, if Ohio legalizes abortion, can I get Vicodin? What? <laughs> Suspect someone's already been on Vicodin, just making oh, a guess goodness. about that. And uh, finally, off the Frio Stack auction service text line, uh, Howard, you change like the wind. Yeah, you flip-flop, Howard. What's up with that? Am I, I don't think I'm a flip-flop. <laughs> I don't think you're I don't think I'm a flip-flopper at all. Okay. Maybe it means I break wind. I do that oh, sometimes. That, oh. could be, that could be sometimes. In fact, I also have a text on that. We were talking about... Um, uh, baby dog and whether or not baby dog uh, does baby dog ever bark I haven't heard baby dog bark I've never heard him talk when he appears with the uh, governor uh, off the Frio Stack auction service text line bark you should hear him fart <laughs> referring to baby dog I, well, I assume they meant baby dog not the governor alright um, you're welcome to text in even all weekend long. The text will hang around. I'll get them and share with people on Monday. Right now, let's swing over to the Big 7, WTRF-TV, where Bob Westfall's hanging out. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. You strike me more of a Crocs guy than a flip-flop. <laughs> I am not. I don't have Crocs. Everybody in my family, including my grandson, wears Crocs. They're just Croc people. I don't I don't like the Crocs. I think, I think they look weird and they make me, they, they would make me feel weird. 
So actually, I am more of a flip-flop than a Crocs. But yeah, I'm not um, a flip-flopper. I just like to wear flip-flops. Right. I'm not a – but I don't I – mean, all, all my kids wear Crocs. I don't get that. I don't, I, don't get, I don't get shoes with holes in them. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, what's flip-flop? They're sandals, right? Yeah. Well, but no, the point of That's that is to let you – you know, they let you toll. Well, they're, they're big holes. You know, the, oh, flip-flops let your feet breathe. I don't know. And just Okay. Crocs are shoes with holes in them. It's like taking your shoes and putting, you know, I could take my uh, Skechers on today. I could take my Skechers and just, like, cut holes in them and call them Crocs. I don't know. Neither here nor there. How are you this morning, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's Friday, only a handful of minutes away from getting out of here. Now, I wish I could say when I'm done here, I'm going to run right out and have breakfast or something. When I'm done here, I have to run right out and go to the dentist, and it's time for a teeth cleaning. It's not one of my favorite things to get done, but I have to deal with that. So, But maybe I'll treat myself afterwards if my teeth aren't in too much pain, and I'll have food after that. But Well, there you go. But at least the weekend is coming up. So uh, what are you working on today over WTRF-TV? All right, some things we're working on today. We're going to talk to U.S. Attorney Bill Lillenfeld on the Fallensby, West Virginia man that made yeah. threats against the uh, Pittsburgh jury in the uh, uh, Tree of Life uh, trial. Uh, talk about that, talk about uh, the situation, uh, how that came about. Um, so we'll have that tonight in our 6 o'clock. We've got that tonight. Uh, Weirton is adding to their fire department. We're going to see, uh, going to be at a swearing in of a new firefighter up there. Uh, how does this. How, uh, the angle we're going to talk about is, you know, uh, how does this improve, uh, say, insurance rates or, or the, somebody from the outside looking at the city of Weirton? Mm-hmm. How does it uh, people look at that when it beefs up their fire department? So we'll get something on that. Uh, of course, Ohio County Relay for Life is tonight. We'll be live up there in our 6 o'clock. Uh, that kicks off uh, this evening. Uh, so we'll have that. Bailey will be live for that. And of course, we'll be live down at Blues Fest. That kicks off today. Yep. Um, surprised you're not going to be there, you being the hep cat that you are. Hey, I love the blues. I love the blues, but I have to get my teeth worked on, and then I don't know what happens after that. Well, there you go. Uh, let's you know who's going to be uh, feeling Taylor the blues Ford. today, Bob? Howard's dentist yeah. is going to be feeling the blues today. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Well, that's kind of scary. Uh, new business in Weirton. Taylor Long's working on that. Then, of course, we've got our high school football previews. Uh, Barnesville, Union Local, and Bridgeport are today's. So those are what we're working on. All right. Lots of good stuff coming up. People can watch it on TV at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, or 530 for the statewide show. They can also... Uh, check out the uh, WTF.com award-winning uh, app or, or award-winning website where they'll find all the news and information, a few kind of goofy stories as well, and I say that in a fun way. And then um, carry Channel 7 in your pocket with the Storm Tracker 7 app or the news app, uh, always set for push notifications, and when something happens, you will hear about it. Bob, I hope you have a great weekend, my friend, and we'll meet again on Monday. All right, guys, you too. Thanks a lot. Got a couple more texts here, Bob, and I get to if I've got time here. Um, does a state patrolman really have to pick up the dog and feed him? Well, somebody's got to. I would say some state employee has so, you know, his duties. And, and the state patrol is what carries him around, so I would suppose so. I remember when um, Rachel Warby was married to Governor Caperton, state police had to take care of her. They carried her around, Howard? Well, if they carried her around <laughs> or not, you know. Um, Howard, are you anti-dog? Am I anti-dog? No. 
No, not at all. Howard uh, loves dogs. It's just you get the allergies pretty pretty. I can't good. have dogs as pets. Never yeah, could. Yeah, Howard's a dog lover. I, yeah, no, I lo- I'm a dog lover, and I, and I love baby dog. Absolutely. Howard, um, Howard, I'm in your head. No, let me back up here. Howard, you are so giddy over Hoppy coming on your show and Kibby that you might need a ride home. You are intoxicated. Wow. Gee, man. I thought you were happy. I didn't think you were intoxicated. intoxicated. I didn't try any of that beer that we talked about. I didn't try any beer for quite a good while. Howard, I'm in your head. Is that the Viking guy, Howard? No. No, because these sentences at least make sense. The Viking <laughs> guy made the guy made absolutely no sense. All right, you got any plans for the weekend? Anything exciting, special, big, different, little, whatever? Well, you know, uh, I'm not complaining, but this will be probably the last weekend in a while that we won't uh, be committed to football. As we nah, said, good point. Yeah. Next Friday we'll be kicking it off, and I, I'm just fired up. Uh, you know, a few weeks we'll be working Friday, we'll be working Saturday. You know, Jerry's worked on that schedule. We're going to try to get as many games in as possible. So. Uh, it is, for a fact, our busy season, Howard. Steelers' uh, first preseason game tonight. That's kind of a big kickoff, if you will. Just if you're not sure the season's beginning, it is beginning. It is. Uh, and then next Friday, a week from today, our first high school game, OVAC game, Martins Ferry Shadyside. At Shadyside. You'll be able to catch that on both of the uh, radio stations, all four of our radio stations, plus our streaming audio services. And then uh, probably the following week, we kick off our individual games. We've got John Marshall, every game of John Marshall, every game of Willing Central, plus the OVAC games. WVU football will be coming back. In the very, I think September 3rd, I think, is their opening day. They're, up, they're in Happy Valley, I think, for their opening game, I think. So we'll have that for you here. Uh, Browns are going to be with us again this year. Don't forget about those good old boys. Bear and I will be back here just in a couple weeks on Saturday from 8 to 9. It's a lot of fun. Uh, as soon as the NFL gets closer, we'll be on. And I can't wait for that also, Howard. And by that time, Saturday morning is going to be all sports. We will have the Metro News morning uh, football wrap-up uh, in Saturday morning, followed by the Ohio Sports Magazine, then followed by Bob Bear, a couple of good old boys talking sports. And then the Paul Harris um, Sports Huddle. Dr. Angela Georges. And uh, WVU Football, High School. Man, yeah, I'm sorry. You are right. It is our busy season. But for now, i got to get out of here. I would normally be more excited, but i got to go to the dentist. But anyway, <laughs> good luck, Harry. Have yourself a good weekend, Bob. I'll see you on Monday. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.